Uh, once again, this is the ACC Now podcast for this week. This is Chip Alexander. I uh, cover NC State athletics. Uh, looking towards a big week with NC State basketball as, as the men's team uh, plays at Virginia and then goes to Boston College. And with me is Andrew Carter, uh, I guess sports writer expo- extraordinaire for the NFL. Is that a good title for you? Oh, yes. I've been much worse. I've called, been called much worse, so that's acceptable. That's good. We recently wrote a uh, you know, long look and in-depth look at the NC State in the basketball uh, situation through the years over the last three decades or so. But, uh, Andrew, let's first concentrate on this year's team and the way they're playing now. I know you've seen them play. Uh, you saw them play against North Carolina, the one loss they've had, actually, in this last little stretch of games. What's been your impression of this year's NC State team? Well, I think they're just, you know, like a lot of things I write, uh, people like to – make a fool out of me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like you alluded to, wrote this long thing kind of about whatever happened to NC State basketball. And, and then uh, here the Wolfpack are in the midst of, I don't know, it's best season in quite some time. I'm, I'm trying to think back. Like, you know, there I think I saw stats uh, about their, their January. They had one loss. Can't remember what they were, like six and one, seven and one in January. Yeah. Uh, and I believe you have to go back to like the 1980s uh, or something like that to find a similar January in conference play. Um, Actually, I but, think they had one under uh, Herb Sendak back in like 2006, which okay. seems well, well, did not end that well. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Maybe the other thing I was thinking of was uh, related to the AP poll. Like if they if they were going to be ranked and Duke Carolina not, that would have been the first time I think since 82. Um, but that would have happened. Uh, but I digress. I, you know, I think back to, you know, I wrote that story and, and part of the reporting for it was I had a lengthy interview with Kevin Keats uh, in his office before the start of the year. And you know, I, you know, I was really struck by his optimism, frankly. And, and Keats, I think, is just naturally uh, a positive, optimistic guy. So certainly I think that's part of it. Um but I think he genuinely believed that this year he had a group of guys that uh, he thought could, you know, have a really strong season if they played well together, which they have, and if they remained uh, injury-free, which for the most part they have. And you know, last year, of course, was of course was such a disaster, uh, you know, for that team with you know the number of games that guys missed and things never really clicked and just didn't have much chemistry. And you could tell that state kind of. You know, towards the end of last year, a little bit mailed it in. Uh, you know, things weren't going well. Uh, and that was a team that after they lost on that Tuesday in Brooklyn, couldn't wait to get back and just sort of put that season to bed. And Keats, like I said, really optimistic entering this year, and he's been proven correct. And I think you're seeing, uh, you know, maybe what a Kevin Keats coach team is capable of. And there were glimpses of that, you know, his first couple seasons. They did go to the tournament. Uh, his first season, we're in a position to go to the tournament that year that that COVID first came into the picture. Uh, you know, so we've seen glimpses and snapshots of this, but I think this is really you know, maybe maybe the first time you could argue that that okay, like you can kind of see what what Kevin Keats has been building toward. I agree with you, and I think that uh, really, and of course, as other teams in the league have done, they've he's made good use of the transfer portal, and uh, you know, the one thing about this team this year, I think that. 
Wolfpack fans really enjoyed watching, well, certainly enjoyed watching uh, DJ Burns play, but they've enjoyed Jarkel Joyner uh, coming in and taking over at point guard. Uh, Jack Clark's been injured, of course, but uh, and Andy San Mahorsic, another couple of transfer guys. But at the same time, you know, you get attached to these guys. It's not like the old days. You're not going to see these guys play for one year, even though you're upperclassmen. So you better enjoy them when, you know, while you can. I think NC State fans have really enjoyed this team. Does that seem to be the vibe you've got? I, yeah, for sure. And you know, I think maybe it's taken a little bit to, you know, for State fans maybe to warm up uh, to this bunch. Not that they haven't been likable throughout the entire season, but I think, and I, you know, I alluded to this in that piece that just I think State fans have been. You know, I don't know what the the right descriptor would be. I don't know, burnt out or or just sort of beaten down, or you know, years of frustration and anguish. You reach a point where you kind of give in and and surrender. And yeah, you know, I did go to the season opener at PNC, and I don't, you know, maybe there were eight thousand people there. Um, you know, if that, uh, I went to the Louisville game. I, I guess that would have been in December. I think that was not long before Christmas. Uh, and granted, Louisville is, is having an awful year, and they're not good, and not what Louisville historically has been. But still, a conference game, state at that point had shown some signs of, of you know, what we've seen since, of kind of putting it together. And, and again, you know, a very light crowd, and you know, throughout those early season games, I think you saw that a lot at PNC, where you know you had a lot of empty seats, and you were looking around, kind of like, you know, when are people going to kind of hop back on the bandwagon? here a bit and I think you're you know you've seen that here in recent weeks I think more so fans kind of you know a reawakening if you will uh after after and after what NC State supporters have been through over the years I think it's certainly understandable as to why it might take them a while to to believe and and to you know want to go out there and show their support um but you're seeing that more and I mean this really is a fun team to watch I've watched a decent amount of ACC basketball this year. I think the perception that the league is down uh, is accurate. I mean, there was that perception last year, and then it wound up being, you know, proved wrong throughout the NCAA tournament with what ACC teams did. I would be stunned if the ACC uh, put together in the postseason this year what it did last year. In fact, I think State, you know, is probably one of the conference's best hopes to make a run. You look at UVA. I think Virginia Tech is coming on. Uh, I think there's major questions surrounding Carolina now. Duke maybe a little bit less so. Um, but State has a really fun team. You know, you alluded to the backcourt uh, with Joyner, Traquavion Smith. Those guys like to get up and down. They're fun to watch. DJ Burns, uh, you know, he's a treat to watch. It doesn't look like he should be able to do the things that he can do. Uh, and I mean that in the best way uh possible uh you know but he's been a lot of fun to watch and and so yeah it's just been you know it's it's been sort of a uh an atypical nc state team and that you know you actually uh if you're a state fan you got to enjoy watching these guys well i think yeah and i agree with that and, and i think the worst thing that can happen to a program is and maybe the word you were searching is apathy which can set in when after year after year of kind of disappointment and, and I think that was happening a little bit with NC State basketball, but I think this team has kind of brought everything back to life. And uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, the personalities on this team are tremendous. I mean, I've had the opportunity to be around these guys after games, 
seeing a DJ Burns in the locker room with, yes, he had his sunglasses on. Everybody knows about the glasses. He passes them around to other guys. They seem to enjoy it. Uh, after Wednesday, they splash the water around, and, and, and Kevin Keats has had his, you know, his share of those showers. But it's just a team that seems to enjoy itself. And, and, you know, a lot of teams talk about we're a real together group. We have great chemistry. We all care about each other. But in, in a sense, this, this NC State team really seems to have that. And I think it's shown up in some of these games that they could have lost, and I know a lot's been made about, well, NC State's winning games that they would have lost last year. And, you know, they they put last year behind them, which started with Manny Bates getting injured in the first minute of the first game and then losing their center and it, going downhill from there. But they put all that behind them, and, and they're just enjoying playing this year. And I think it's shown up in some of these close games where it looks like they're right at the breaking point where they might lose a game. And this may happen tomorrow night in Virginia. But they seem to have, you know, been able to, to reach down, come together, and find a way to win these games, these close games. You know, they, they they did it at Virginia Tech. They did it against Wake Forest. They weren't able to do it at North Carolina on a night when, obviously, Smith was injured. But in, in a lot of these other games, there have been times that at the real pressure points where they've been able to play well instead of folding, and that's that's the mark of a good team. It is, yeah. And that You know, to me, I think back to some of those teams uh, I covered when I covered UNC. Uh, and those guys, you know, I'm thinking of, like, the 16-17 teams and they were good i mean you know don't get me wrong they were talented teams but what put those two teams especially over the top at that point for carolina was how much all those guys got along they loved playing together they genuinely enjoyed each other they had a lot of fun uh, and who knows what's in store uh this year for the Wolfpack? but that does make such a huge difference uh you know because you can tell when <laughs> when it's the opposite you know, you can, you can sort of see, like, eh, all these pieces are not quite fitting together. There are some chemistry issues here. These guys might not be meshing well together for for whatever reason. And, you know, I was at Cameron Indoor the other night watching the Carolina-Duke game, and I think UNC, this version, you know, this version of UNC has some of those issues where, you know, those guys I'm not sure really are enjoying playing together, whereas State, uh, this year, like you just said, you know, they're having fun and that, you know, it just makes such a huge difference. Uh, like you alluded to, especially, uh, you know, when it gets down to the nitty gritty and the crunch time, uh, when you can kind of come together and you can trust the next guy uh, in the lineup who's out there with you instead of maybe having some sort of weird undercurrent of, of animosity or disagreement. Uh, you know, that, that's a difference maker. Uh, and credit, credit Kevin Keats for you know, getting these guys on the same page. And, and you're right, you know, from what you said at the top, it's it's not easy to do that because these pretty much are kind of like one-season experiments these days in college basketball. It's very difficult to have uh, roster cohesion and kind of build a program where you have guys stick together year after year after year. So, you know, that puts a lot of pressure on a head coach and, and his assistants to really, you know, lay that foundation and, and kind of establish that uh, in a very limited amount of time. Yeah, I wrote about that uh, a few weeks ago with calling it kind of the new normal in NCAA basketball. The one and done doesn't just apply to these freshmen that are coming in on the way to the NBA. It could be these upperclassmen like a Jarkel Joyner or a DJ Burns who are graduate students. They got one year, and they yep. come to kind of prove themselves at a higher level of basketball, and, and they have that one year to do it. 
And so the fans just have to enjoy them for what they are for that year. And and I think the, st- the state fans are really enjoying watching Joyner uh, play the point, do the things he has. He plays with a lot of enthusiasm. And I don't know, but yeah, I, we alluded to uh, D.J. Burns, obviously, and the way he's kind of taken the conference by storm. I mean, he's kind of a, na- a national sensation in a way. You get more and more people talking about him on you know, Sports Center and other other outlets. And uh, he's just drawn a lot of attention for a guy. And the first time I saw him early in the year, I said, you know, this guy's the Big South player of the year last year, but he looks way overweight. How's he going to be able to get up and down in the ACC with quicker players and and play more minutes, but uh, then you start to watch him and appreciate him and what he can do in the soft hands of the little dance moves yeah. inside. And, of course, with the girth he's got, I guess that's the right way to put it, he's like yes. just a coke machine. <laughs> and he's, yeah. you know, he's so wide. And he's so skilled, which is amazing. Like, I don't know, he's he's so fleet-footed, and like he moves kind of like a, a guard almost. Like Even though he's in the paint, He's down low, but just his athleticism and just kind of like, I don't know, his smoothness and mm-hmm. kind of how he can get around defenders and stuff. He's really quick. And he has that really quick, like, spin move thing that he likes to do to, to get to the basket. Uh, and it, that, he's almost automatic, too. I mean, it's yeah. in the Georgia Tech game the other day, you know, I guess Georgia Tech decided maybe they, they weren't going to let NC State beat him from the three, weren't going to let the two guards beat him. And they they kind of went one on one out of their zone matchup zone a little bit with uh, Burns, and he just it was like automatic down to Burns hook shot score down to Burns hook shot score, and it, he's almost reached the point where you're surprised when he misses the shot, not when he makes a shot, and you can't say that about a lot of players. Correct, yeah, and I, you know it's been a while too since State has had that kind of guy that you know really dependable. Uh, you know, kind of reliable force that you can depend on, and not to say that you know they need him scoring. Whatever, you know, he had, what, 31 or something recently, 29 or 31 in one game recently. They don't need that out of him every single night. Uh, you know, he doesn't have to have a career scoring night every time out. Um, but that does make such a difference where you have somebody reliable that way, uh, where you can really depend on, especially producing points close to the rim, which he's so skilled at doing. Hey, you know, NC State, they've broken back into the AP rankings now. They are 22nd. So uh, I think they kind of enjoyed flying under the radar a little bit and not having a lot of people talking about it. But at the same time, you know, you do kind of want to be ranked. You feel like you deserve that. But uh, uh, you wrote a little bit about this, I think, a few weeks back. But where do you think NC State's brand nationally is? You know, when obviously when they won national championships and when they had Jim Balvano here and they were on these rare national games of the week, I think the NC State brand was really, really distinctive nationally. Where do you think it is now? I mean... If you're being honest, you have to say it's not in a great place. <laughs> uh, you know, I think, and you know, I'm sure State has folks out there. Uh, they probably employ some folks either in the athletic department or somewhere at the university keeping track of the stuff and measuring it um, in a much more scientific way. But, I mean, I, you know, I think about, like, anecdotally speaking, like, you know, I, when I travel, you know, I don't see a ton of State stuff out there. I, you know, I just think, like, especially in basketball, like the past three plus decades in the wilderness has really kind of killed NC State's branding. Um, and you mentioned, you know, what it was uh, in the 80s. Valvano was there. And Valvano, of course, was such this magnetic presence. 
uh, and this larger than life personality. And, you know, I was only a kid during, you know, when he was at state, I mean, the 1980s, I was born in 81. So I wasn't even two years old in 1983, but I can remember as I got a little bit older, uh, you know, how much of a presence he had and just what a, you know, what a personality and kind of a celebrity, especially around here, uh, in Raleigh he was, but also nationally, you think about like, you know, the V and me movers or, or V and V movers, I should say that, you know, that cameo that he did, uh, on the Cosby show with Dick Vitale. And you think about, you know, when, when Valvano got sick and his memorable speeches, both at Reynolds and the Espies, uh, night, especially. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's been, I don't know if impossible is the right word or how you would describe it, but it's been very difficult for NC state to establish you know, any kind of national presence or branding really since those days. Uh, you know, he didn't make the tournament for about 10 years. After he left, uh, you know, there was a whole kind of Herb Sendek uh, era, which, which, you know, he was successful, you could argue, on the court, but not quite enough. And then they've had kind of this series of, of missteps of coaches that have not worked out for whatever reason. And so in basketball, like, I mean, their brand is way down. And, you know, the only solution, although I'm, you know, this goes back to some of the stuff we've talked about with programs being so year to year and, you know, it's difficult to actually build something nowadays. And I mean, I wonder how a program like NC State, which wants to kind of reestablish itself and get back to where it was, I think that's really hard today in college basketball because you don't have guys sticking around. It's really difficult, I think, to establish an identity in a program nowadays compared to how it was, you know, when you could actually build a a team and have guys stay on a roster, uh, you know, at least two years, if not three, forget about four. No one does that anymore. Uh, But it's such a weird time in college athletics. I mean, I, you know, honestly, at this point, I think state has become better known for football. Uh, in recent years, I think Dave Dorn has built a really solid program. I think, you know, certainly over the past several years, the past five, six years, I think looking back, like state fans have really uh, come to embrace Doran. It hasn't always been smooth, but you know, him beating Carolina the way that he has, I think helps. Uh, they've had winning seasons more often than not. You know, he's developed. We can kind of make fun of it or whatever, or roll our eyes, those of us who write about this stuff. But, you know, the hand in the dirt mentality stuff, I mean, that stuff resonates with his fans and fans of NC State. So I think, you know, State is now among the fan base, I think, more identifiable with a football school, the kind of thing, you know, more so uh, than basketball. And that's not something you ever would have expected to say back in the day. I and mean, I think that's kind of the reality. And, and, and I don't know how you kind of, if you're NC State, how you go about raising that profile, because, you know, sometimes these lists come out, uh, uh, you know, for instance, of college basketball programs with multiple national championships. And you see the names on that list of so Carolina, Kentucky, and Kansas, and Duke, et cetera, et cetera. And, oh, there's NC State. Uh, and it's almost like people are shocked, like that, you know, they can't remember that, you know, NC State was once right up there, Mm -hmm. uh, if not better than a lot of those schools. But, you know, it was kind of like the worst possible time to go into a black hole was was when State went into that. The rise of ESPN, the rise of what media is nowadays, uh, and State has largely been 
irrelevant throughout all that time, which obviously hurts. And Duke, Duke winning big, obviously, with Coach K and then Roy Williams. But, you know, one way to reverse this whole branding kind of thing would be for this year's team to make its mark in the NCAA tournament, especially with a, with a player like D.J. Burns, who would probably grab, you know, people's attention if they were doing that. I'm not saying it's a Final Four kind of team, but at the same time, it could be a team that could, that could win a few games, get to the second weekend of the, of the tournament, draw a lot of attention, and certainly that would be a big boost for Kevin Keats. And I think he's the kind of coach, he's young enough, He's been in situations before in his coaching career where he could make quick tra- you know, uh, turnovers with his roster, uh, which he had to do in the past. And, and I, I think there are some of the older coaches, I think, that are getting tired of that and with the, yeah. you know, the NIL contracts and portal and all the other things that go into coaching these days that may be, uh, may be ready to retire or maybe already have. But at the same time, I think the NC State brand can get a little stronger with this particular team. Now, I don't know if they can win three or four games in a row in Greensboro. That, you know, that takes a special team to do that. But certainly I think NC State fans are starved, uh, badly starved for an ACC title. And, uh, and certainly I would like to see them do well in the NCAA tournament again and get to the tournament first. I think they should have been there in 2019. Their ranking in the net, by the way, was higher then than it is now. And everybody's talking about NC State. Yep. You know, we're really going to be seated this year's NCAA tournament. So, um, but that's they the thing they need to do. They need, they need a nice run this year. And even with these guys leaving after this year, this would be such a huge step in the right direction for Keats and his program that I think he could build off that and sustain, you know, sustain some success. Yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt about that for sure. And I, I do think actually that this is, you know, if state is ever going to end, this ACC tournament drought, and they, you know, they haven't won one since 1987. So, I mean, I've lost track. What is that? 36 years? No, how they do. I mean, I was about to turn six. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I mean, I'm 41 now. So it's like, even if you're in your early 40s, you basically have no memory of that. So the only people who even remember that, like. Maybe if you're 45 years old, you have a vague recollection. Or old. Um, right. But you have to be pretty much like 50. Or old. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. And like, folks, like, you know, I mean, my favorite Chip story is Chip had a story in the NNO the day I was born. <laughs> 41 years ago. You had a story in the News and Observer uh, back then. So you remember it. You were around covering the stuff and. And I both grew up in Raleigh. We both uh, we were both yeah. NC State alums, but you know we both we both grew up with NC State basketball, and, and certainly in my case, you know, seeing a lot of games in Reynolds Coliseum, seeing winning in you know ACC championships, uh, going through the David Thompson era and into the '83, getting another '83 team really well, being at the N and O at the time. Uh, and, and, but in your case, being a lot younger coming in, I mean, you have gone through a lot of you know, a lot of tough seasons and, and and then times where it looked like it was getting better, but it really wasn't getting better. Yeah, I mean, I think back to yeah, the Herb years were okay when they had Julius Hodge, Josh Powell, and those Marcus Melvin. You know, th- those teams were, were good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good teams, and, and who knows? And, you know, we go back in terms of, like, looking at turning points over the years, and, yeah, I think a lot about that ACC tournament championship game against Duke. 
uh, in 03, where State was up 15 points in the second half, and uh, a freshman, J.J. Redick, had other plans. And I can't remember how many threes he made, but at least five or six. Yeah, five or six or seven or whatever. And State had somebody foul out. I can't remember if it was... Might have been Josh Powell, might have been Cliff Crawford, I can't remember. Somebody fouled out, and that made a difference, and and then it was over. And then I think that was that was not the same season as the Vanderbilt meltdown in the NCAA tournament, but that's another turning point where it was a Marcus Melvin intentional foul. The next uh, year. At, yeah, the next year after Julius Hodge had fouled out. And I think that was in Orlando. Uh, my... My former technician colleague, Matt Middleton, I believe, was down there with you, Chip, writing about that. Right. Uh, shout out to Matt. Hopefully you're out there listening. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, those two games stand out to me, right? Like that ACC tournament championship, that Vanderbilt collapse. And already people were not happy with Herb Sendak <laughs> at that point. And then it's like they had these two big postseason choke jobs. Um, and he never really, you know, recovered the support of the fan base. Not that he ever had it much to begin with after his first five seasons of not making the tournament. Um, but losing in such fashion, those two games, I think really made a difference. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, people don't remember, like you kind of, you have to be older to remember what, what state was. And I do think this year, um, is, you know, I think the ACC is wide open, you know, it's as wide open as I can remember it being Virginia's good. Certainly, I think there may be a, a cut above, um, but they're not invincible. You know, they just got beat by Virginia Tech. Uh, so it's it's wide open. So I think if you're NC State, you really kind of, you know, I think you have to take advantage of this opportunity in college basketball, as we all know, is a guards game. That's what really matters. And I, you know, I think State has the backcourt this year to, to possibly make a run uh, in Greensboro and, and beyond. And I think the fact that uh, if they can finish strong in this in this season, which they might, uh, the way things are going, that uh, regardless of that, with the tournament being in Greensboro, I think a lot of NC State fans who have really come to like this team will flock to Greensboro to see the ACC tournament. So that, you know, that'll be a big boost for them out there. Especially if they can win a game or two in Greensboro, get some momentum going. I mean, I think that's honestly either. I, I think like. State winning or like Duke and Carolina making a run, I think it's like the only thing that's going to save the ACC tournament in Greensboro, uh, which is a story I'm kind of working on. Just you know, like just because the tournament is is not at all what it what it was. Like taking it to Brooklyn has kind of been a killer. College basketball as a whole, I think, is just losing a lot of its luster. But if State is there on Championship Saturday, now it is not Championship Sunday. Uh, but that Saturday night, if State is somehow there on that final night, yeah, I mean, it's going to be like old times in the Greensboro Coliseum. That place is going to be full and and loud. Uh, now, if it's like, you know, if it's Pitt, Virginia Tech, uh, there, you know, there could be good seats available kind of thing. But I think, it, you know, it's going to take a, an NC State uh, or a Carolina, although I don't think Carolina, uh, you know, they, they look like they're kind of, I don't know, they're on the verge <laughs> perhaps of going really downhill this year. We'll see. Um, but it's going to take a state or, or maybe a Duke or a Virginia making a run for that thing to to capture the attention of folks. Hey, just one thing, too, before we wrap this up, and I probably should have mentioned this earlier, but I think one thing that grabbed a lot of people's attention this year is just seeing the score, NC State 84, Duke 60. 
I don't know if you were able to see that game, but uh, what was I your, did watch it. What was your reaction to that? Yeah, I watched it and just you know, kind of, I, I one of those scores that you have a difficult time believing at first glance. Kind of like, did I see that right? Sort of a thing. And I do think that was State's most lopsided victory against Duke since the nineteen seventies. Right. You know, so you're, so you're going way back to like I, I think even before or right at the start of like the David Thompson years. Mm. Yeah, back when I guess it would would have been Norm Sloan was there well before Kay arrived at Duke, um, you know. But just a small sign that maybe State is taking advantage of this window. Yeah, there's a limited opportunity I think for State to kind of make a move and to establish, uh, you know, to to regain some traction, uh, if you will, because obviously Carolina and Duke with young head coaches or inex- more inexperienced head coaches, there's an opportunity for State to make a move and maybe, you know, in five or 10 years, if state has made that move, we could look back at that Duke game and, and perhaps, uh, describe it as a turning point, but certainly surprising, um, in the moment. And we'll see kind of maybe, you know, what it means going forward. Well, I agree with that. I think that's a good way to wrap this podcast up. Thanks again to Andrew Carter for joining me to talk about a little bit about NC state basketball. Who knew? And, uh, here we are in February. We've been talking about NC State on a big run in, in basketball, but it has been something I think has been refreshing for a lot of people, certainly for NC State fans, uh, to talk about. And back in the rankings, playing Virginia tomorrow night, what seems like a big game. But uh, once again, for Andrew Carter, this is Chip Alexander for ACC Now. <laughs>